0: Oh, hi there! My name is Bonnie Lippincott, mom of two. During the transformation into motherhood, I learned I needed to trust my intuition, forgive myself, and know that I'm growing alongside my children. The title, Entry-Level Mom, is meant to highlight the obvious. We have no formal training, but everything we need is already within our DNA. This podcast is connected to my book, Entry-Level Mom, and the goal is to share honest, and vulnerable stories with friends to encourage each other. I hope you enjoy. In this episode, I read chapter 12, the final chapter in Entry Level Mom. Motherhood is a mind game. And for me, it all started with the way I talk to myself inside my own head and my core beliefs. In this episode, I share what I've learned. I talk about placebo effect and confirmation bias, and I hope you enjoy. Please remember to be kind to yourself. Chapter 12, Self-Talk and the Power of Belief. I begin this chapter with a quote by an unlikely source in a motherhood book, David Goggins, from his book Can't Hurt Me. I love this book. He says, Only you can master your mind which is what it takes to live a bold life filled with accomplishments most people be consider beyond their capability. It was the beyond their capability that struck me, because when I became a mother, so much that was required of me was beyond my capability. I was entry-level, it was a new phase of my life, and I was growing. I held on to this quote and this truth when I felt like motherhood was just too hard. After learning this truth, it has led me to continue pushing myself further than I thought possible, and it all started with self-talk. Self-talk. Negative self-talk as a mother used to consume me. I dedicated years to diligently working on improving my self-talk. This included changing the way I spoke about my body, silencing self-judgment and harshness, which I could be downright cruel to myself. I became adept at dismissing negative thoughts about my belly fat. I taught myself to let go of replaying conversations and berating myself with thoughts like, Why did you say that? Instead, I trained myself to offer compliments when I saw my reflection, like, You are so strong. Or replay a conversation, I thought, You were gentle in that moment. Positive self talk is a skill that I continuously strive to master. Nowadays, I tell myself, good job, hun, probably 20 times a day. I added the hun one day as a gentle way to address myself, and it felt so nice, I kept it. When reflecting on my mistakes, I approach them with grace, understanding they are opportunities for growth. Even when imposter syndrome creeps in, which it usually does every day at 2 p.m., I address it head on. For instance, at work, I remind myself, you bring value wherever you go. It's crucial to offer myself believable affirmations that resonate with me, rather than generic statements like, I am brilliant, I am successful. (laughs) Some days, those affirmations work wonders, but on other days, I tailor these affirmations to ring true in that specific moment. What if it all works out? However, even with all that practice, when I became a mother, that negative inner dialogue resurfaced with surprising intensity. I was taken aback by its boldness. Thoughts like, I thought I would be better at this, or worse yet, my go to cutting words, my baby deserves a better mother than you, haunted me. I was torturing myself with my self talk. I hadn't yet learned how to be kind to myself as a mother, and my old patterns merged. Now, present day, I understand that self-talk is a way for us to make sense of the world, just like we tell ourselves stories to comprehend our surroundings. Since I was shocked how hard motherhood was, my mind went into its old habits of trying to make sense of the world, and I told negative stories about myself. The world is messy, though, and so is motherhood. Honestly, when I first became a mom, I genuinely believed I would naturally excel at it. (laughs) I laugh now because this belief, well, it stemmed from the kind compliments of friends and family who believed I would be a great mother. I assumed I would instinctually know what to do most of the time. However, just like any other skill, it took time to learn and grow. I've tried countless times to talk myself out of writing this book with thoughts like, this book idea is ridiculous, this book idea is self-indulgent, who would truly benefit from this, or don't embarrass yourself, don't put yourself out there like that. However, I refuse to let those negative thoughts dictate my actions. I wrote this for me, for my younger self. And if it helps a fellow parent, that would be phenomenal. The lesson I've learned is to strengthen the muscle of self-talk during motherhood. Three examples where I mercilessly beat myself up were oversleep, Stitches, and a black eye. First, sleep. One of my biggest concerns was that I had failed my children when it came to sleep routines, as we never quite nailed down a schedule, and instead we opted for co sleeping. Second, unfortunately, when we had our first emergency room visit, my son was under two years old. And third, when my baby was only nine months old, I accidentally let him fall face first out of his high chair, resulting in his first black eye. Needless to say, I was devastated and filled with self-doubt. But I soon realized that this negative energy was wasted, and our children will undoubtedly outlast us and survive our mistakes. Instead of dwelling on our mistakes, we need to forgive ourselves so that our children learn to forgive themselves. They are resilient beings with love as our guide. We can all overcome any obstacle. Of course, even now, I still have moments of insecurity and wonder if I'm missing something. But I finally told myself, enough. Listen here, you. You know what? You love this baby or child more than anyone in the entire world. So logically, you are the best person to be their mother, okay? I had to repeat this to myself multiple times, reinforcing the truth. And with that, I dropped the mic. I'm just kidding. I'm still here. But sometimes it's just hard. As I revisit this and I make edits years later, I want to acknowledge that I now realize I was blessed with an incredibly challenging infant during my first experience as a parent. I can say this confidently because my second child was much easier to soothe and calm. My own mother used to say about my firstborn, I I just don't think he likes being a baby. And my mother-in-law would remark, I've never met a fussier baby. Even the in-home daycare, when they called the day that they dropped us, they quit us, they mentioned this baby is really fussy and we're we're struggling to handle him. I remember my husband exclaiming, I knew it. I replied, me too, but don't give this power. That said, sometimes it is just hard and self-doc doesn't have much to do with it. If you find yourself with a fussy baby, please know that this phase will pass. No phase lasts forever. It may be challenging, but also it prepares you, equips you, and humbles you, making you better equipped for the journey ahead. Belief. You and me deserve to be taken care of. You deserve to have dinner prepared for you sometimes. I constantly remind myself, treat yourself like someone you are responsible for, because in the transition into motherhood, self-care often falls to the bottom of my priority list. Of course, for survival reasons, the overwhelming needs of the children take precedence over everything else. However, this approach is not sustainable in the long term. Moreover, a healthy mother leads to a healthy baby, and you are worthy of taking care of yourself you deserve a relaxing bath, you deserve a meal for yourself, you are worth it. It's already 9pm and I realize I haven't had dinner yet. Kids are asleep and I contemplate having popcorn for dinner. But then I think, I really want pesto ravioli. All I need to do is boil some water and plate the food. It took a sincere conversation with myself to recognize that I deserve a plate of ravioli, even if it takes longer than having popcorn. Of course, Both options are valid dinners, but somehow plating my food and sitting at the table felt like a gesture of self-care. So I made myself the pesto ravioli. It was delicious. When I had a baby, I realized I wasn't a full grown up yet. I thought I was before that, with a responsible job, a husband, dogs, a house. I paid my taxes and took care of my responsibilities. But it wasn't until someone else came into my life that became more important to myself than I truly felt like a grown-up. My children obviously matter more to me than anything else, and that transition was both surprising and delightful. There is a certain freedom in acknowledging this truth and embracing the new life that comes with it. For example, I no longer have room in my mind to be insecure about physical aspects of myself, nor do I want my children to witness me obsessing over such nonsense. Worrying that my pants feel a little snug is simply a waste of time. I know this logically, but even today I put pants on that were too tight and it did still bring my mood down, but I digress. Besides, my children are proud to have me as their mother, period. If my mind tries to say otherwise, it's simply a lie. Those negative thoughts are unhealthy and I've learned to counter them. It's a skill and you can learn it too. Just practice. Let me tell you if someone hasn't told you today. Your kids are lucky you are their parent. Let me rephrase that for those in the back. Your kids are proud you are their parent. Reassurance and moms get it done. I learned I can do everything with one hand. I learned I can function on little to no sleep with little to no food because who has time some days? I learned I can pump and take a conference call at the same time, and thank goodness for camera off and mute functions. I learned we can gather and make meal trains. I was the recipient of one, and it's life-altering to support each other. I learned that by being honest, it lifts all of us up. As I write this, I feel like a warrior mother, ready to fiercely protect my children. I hope you feel the same way about yourself. You can include this in your affirmations. I now include, I am a good mother in my morning affirmations alongside the cliche ones. I am smart, brave, beautiful, loved, kind, powerful. I initially started with, I am a better mother than I was yesterday. And I am learning because it it felt more authentic that day. You are doing an amazing job. One that is divinely important. Keep going and stay the course. Your children are listening to you, and eventually they'll start putting away their toys, just as you've been asking them to. Not always, but they'll surprise you. Embrace the moments of snuggling when they want it. I used to worry so much about co-sleeping with my son, but now he sometimes wants to sleep on his own, and I miss him. I wrote this when he was three. I'm glad I didn't rush him away too soon. He let me know when he was ready. As Brene Brown said, our kids will survive us. The kids will be okay. Feminine Life Force In the book *Maiden to Mother, Sarah Durham Wilson explores the profound transformation that occurs when we embrace motherhood, tapping into the depths of our feminine life force. It became clear to me that this journey required significant inner work, and each of us embarked on a unique path. By sharing my experiences with you, I hope it prompts introspection into your own inner journey. One valuable lesson I learned was to embrace a deeper understanding of my monthly hormonal phases and harness their power. Through the journey of motherhood, childbirth, and postpartum, I gained profound insights into my own hormonal cycle. For example, I strategically scheduled important meetings during ovulation when I felt the most energized and capable. I became more compassionate towards myself during the luteal phase, allowing myself to honor my moods and needs without self-criticism. For instance, I no longer talk myself out of enjoying a bowl of pasta in the week before my period. Now, during menstruation, I rest and delve into introspection. Each phase of the monthly cycle can be a gift, just like each phase of motherhood is a gift. It offers lessons and new lenses to view yourself. Let your kids watch you be kind to yourself. Whether you choose to stay home or at work, whether you feed your children a vegetarian or omnivore diet, formula, bottles, or breastfed, remember that the kids will be okay. Please be kind to yourself and go easy on yourself. Let your kids witness acts of self-kindness and openness. Let them see you make mistakes and be brave. Let them witness your conflicts and resolutions. If you're feeling worried, it means you care. You're trying, and ultimately, yes, you're doing it right. I recently discovered that imposter syndrome often arises from perfectionism. Although I never considered myself a perfectionist, I do experience imposter syndrome both at work and at home. And my colleague was the one that coined the phrase, every day at 2 p.m. I get imposter syndrome, and I just go get an iced latte. I love that. It's, It's in all of us. Does this mean that I've been in denial about being a perfectionist after some self-reflection? I think the answer is yes. I recently wrote an article about the power of belief, and here's a snippet from that article. It ties into the concept of self-talk, because when you truly believe that you are learning and you are dedicated to being a great mother, everything will fall into place. Harnessing the power of belief in terms of allyship. Have you ever asked yourself, how am I holding myself back? When I spent time delving into this, I realized I needed to reshape my inner self-limiting beliefs. For me, it is imposter syndrome, that sneaky voice that says, you are not enough, or you do not belong here. I personally use the power of belief to combat this. For me, when I challenged my imposter syndrome, it slowly became quieter and less intrusive. To discuss the power of belief, two compelling concepts come to mind. The placebo effect and confirmation bias. The placebo effect, for example, has been studied in medicine. As it turns out, the power of belief is our secret power. Tim Knight says... A shared belief creates a team with a vision and clarity of purpose. In his article, The Power of Belief. The power of belief ties directly into allyship because by believing the world is helpful, kind, empathetic place, you look for ways to prove this is true. The world is your mirror, and when you believe people are out to help you, confirmation bias kicks in, you will find them. Teaching As If Life Matters by Chris Ull and Dana Stuchel told stories about the placebo effect in medicine. Did you know one study at Baylor Medical School showed placebo effect with knee repair, and another at UC Davis showed this placebo effect with a 45% reduction of blood loss during spinal surgery when the experimental group received a treatment X? Treatment X was a placebo. Belief. Our minds heal our bodies. If this is true, why not work on shifting our thoughts to the positive? One application to the placebo effect, why not believe you can earn that promotion, meet that mentor, write that book, reimagine yourself as a major problem solver, or lead that conference? I'm not suggesting living in a state of delusion, but look for and believe in the positive. If you look for things to be grateful for, you'll find them. Well, the question to ask yourself is, what do you believe? I invite you to set aside time to reflect on what beliefs you have about yourself, your teammates, your purpose, your performance, or your goals. By getting clear on what our core beliefs are, it aligns us to an illuminated and clear path forward. As Gandhi says, our beliefs are our destiny. Until I was nearly done writing this, frankly, I believe writing this book was impossible. I would just jot down notes on pads of paper and put them next to the laptop or write an idea on a post-it note and stick it on the laptop, and little by little, I wrote all of these words. As I inched closer, I began to actually believe that I might finish it. As my dad says, huge monumental tasks are broken up into smaller manageable steps, Again, I literally wrote this on post-it notes and worked on this project for years. Sometimes I'd come up with an idea and I'd email it to myself before I lost it. It was stitched together with love, honesty, encouragement, and vulnerability. Here is a quote by Elizabeth Gilbert from her book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. I love how Liz Gilbert wrote about creativity in her process. I love how she gave permission to just create it. Writing this book has caused a revolution in my heart, just like she said. Liz Gilbert says, do whatever brings you to life then. Follow your own fascinations, obsessions, and compulsions. Trust them. Create whatever causes a revolution in your heart. What I wish I knew. I've come to realize that being present is a solution to many of our problems. The key is to be fully engaged in the moment and be wherever your feet are. When you allow yourself to be present and fully inhabit your body, the power of belief can work wonders. Three quotes. Affirmations are like a seed planted in soil. Poor soil or growth. Rich soil, abundant growth. The more you think to the more you choose to think thoughts that make you feel good, the qu- quicker the affirmations work. Louise Hay. Transmutation. Grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds form under pressure. Olives are pressed to release oil. Seeds grow in darkness. Whenever you feel crushed under the pressure or you're pressed, or in darkness, you're in a powerful place of transformation and transmutation. La la Delia. I appreciate the seeds quote because it serves as a reminder to tend to the soil of my life. It reminds me to nurture my environment and to take care of myself physically and mentally and to engage in activities that promote well being. Just as a gardener nourishes the soil to support the growth of the plants, I must nourish my own being to allow my affirmations to take root and flourish. I'll end with this. I titled this book Entry-Level Mom because we don't have training, as moms were all entry-level, but for the role of mom, all, what you need is already within you. The title Entry-Level Mom was not chosen as a lighthearted joke. It holds a deeper meaning. It highlights the fact that when you embark on a significant professional role, you typically need prior experience or qualifications. However, the journey of becoming a mother is different. Motherhood is considered entry-level because there's no official certification or license required. The qualities and skills needed to fulfill the role of a mother are already ingrained within us through our life experiences, inner wisdom, innate guidance encoded in our hearts. I have come to realize I can unlock these inherent abilities with the passage of time, a gentle and compassionate approach, and an abundance of love. It is a process of discovering and tapping into maternal instincts and nurturing capabilities that reside within my DNA. Embracing this perspective has allowed me to approach motherhood with a sense of trust in myself, and I learned that I can unlock the natural wisdom with grace, time and love. Thanks for listening. I believe by speaking honestly around all topics surrounding motherhood, it sheds light and love to them and is useful to parents. We are all in this together. Books by Bonnie Lippincott has links to my social media pages and it's where you can buy a copy of Entry Level Mom Book or any of my other books. As always, please remember to be kind to yourself.